Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above. Today is the first day of June that I'm with you, even though it's June 2nd. And today we're going to take a look ahead at what some of the big news items are, at least from astrology and human design for the month of June, uh, as well as taking a look at what's happening this week. So we have uh, a very busy month of June, not maybe in the same way as May was busy. I mean, May was almost sort of breathless at times. June has a little deeper quality to it that is awakening, awakening us from uh, deep within. So there are some very overt things that are happening, but also some very individualized um, connections of planets that are coming together when, as we get through the month, not the least of which is a new moon solar eclipse on the 10th and uh, some big aspect patterns as we get into the end of this particular month. So we're going to talk about that this morning, as well as talk about the moon in Pisces. And um, I think that's about it, really, since uh, we weren't able to come on on Monday with the holiday. Uh, today's the first day that I will be with you. I didn't want to wait all the way until Friday. So here I am today on Wednesday. Now, just to look ahead, my next week is going to be messed up because I have my grandson Wyatt with me for the whole of the week, or at least from Tuesday through Friday. So I will be on air with you on Monday and not again that week. So I'll be there on Monday. Oh man, I didn't even turn my calendar. How funny is that? So I'll be with you on June 7th. Uh, and then again on the 14th, and then I'll be back to my usual Monday, Friday schedule. So unless something big is happening, and then which case I will come in on Wednesdays. So I hope you all are doing well. Uh, yesterday was an interesting day for me as my house flooded. Nice, right? The moon's in Pisces, a water sign. And I was doing some laundry and just puttering around, getting things caught up, getting back to work. Uh, after a three-day weekend, and I walked out into my kitchen, which is just to my left here, and water was just pouring down the the rest of the out the toward the back door of the house, which has a lip about an inch and a half, so the water couldn't just like drain to the outdoors. No, so it all went west, right into the bathroom, and so the bathroom was now flooded. And it didn't, uh, I, I mean, it was crazy because I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to do? I call Terry and he's like, go shut the water mains off. I don't know where the water mains are. <laughs> so anyway, it was just crazy. Finally got it all cleaned up. I don't know, maybe about six o'clock last night, we were finally done drying everything, uh, rewashing. I, every towel in the house was used to help sop the water up. Uh, luckily, a neighbor had a dry vac so, or a wet dry vac, so we were able to get the rest up, and uh, it never happened again. So we have no idea why it happened. Uh, everything's been checked from the gray water tanks to the suit to the um, the sump pumps, all of that. It's all fine. So I don't know. Just some weird, random spiritual message uh, telling us uh, maybe about emotions. I don't know. I always equate water with emotion. Um, and luckily it wasn't sewage water. It was gray water seems to have been from the washer, but 
it's hard to say because who knows, right? We couldn't trace it. Uh, but anyway, so that was my day yesterday. And um, the weekend itself was a good one. My graduate, my daughter, granddaughter's graduation party on Saturday. Just can't imagine that little darling is grown up. So it's been, maybe that's where some of the emotion is coming in is that whole idea of your family growing up. Anyway, good morning to you, JLo and Debbie Tibbetts Tumiel and Kathleen Mallory. Hello, hello. And thank you, Asa, for being out there uh, for me this morning. I see that you've logged in. And Tom Wright, hello to you and Pauline Solia. So today, last Wednesday, and Monday, June 7th and June 14th. Correct. Kathleen Mallory flooding. Yes, indeed. And Debbie Tibbetts Tumiel says, yes, my freezer died and I lost all the food in it. Oh no. So I'm not the only one having some irritating um, issues. And then I ended up tweaking my back, sliding in water that I didn't realize was there at first. That's how I first noticed it. And um, just a crazy day. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Luckily, it's all cleaned up now. Hopefully no water damage beneath things. And it happened to be a gorgeous day here yesterday, like close to 70 degrees or 70, maybe more than that, 74, 75. And that makes the whole thing better because I could take all those sopping wet towels and put them outside and they dried somewhat. And then I could rewash them and never had another problem. So Debbie, I'm sorry about your freezer. That just sucks. And uh, JLo says, I believe that happened to someone here also on another Mercury retrograde, not sure who it was. <laughs> well, I don't wish flooding on anybody, but certainly it's um, just one of those irritations, right? So I didn't get anything done yesterday that I thought I was going to get done. And that was um, not even, it didn't even register with me that that was happening uh, until much later in the day. And when I realized, oh my gosh, you haven't even gotten ready for tomorrow's stuff. Eh, anyway, it's all good. So let's talk about then what we can look at. Uh, let's talk about the moon in Pisces first, because that's setting the stage for where we are right now. Apparently Pisces, a very potent water sign, right? And Jupiter in Pisces right now, magnifying things of a watery nature. Hmm. or a spiritual nature, either one, ether and water, both in the sign of Pisces, ether meaning uh, spirit, right? Spiritual uh, energy. So and when we look at the day today, we actually have the sun in a square to the moon today. And that brings us to that, that third quarter moon where we're between the full moon and the new moon. And uh, that is the crisis of consciousness. And in the crisis of consciousness energy, then we have Pisces, uh, where uh, the moon is, and Gemini, where the sun is. And so we have a clash between the mind and spirit, right? This is where the consciousness lies, having to make a shift in some way to align ourselves with a higher consciousness. And of course, this relates partially to the things that we set as intentions back at the new moon and how well we've come through the process of manifesting whatever it was that we intended or manifesting the intentions. And at the first one is the crisis of action that happens between the new and the full. 
And that's where we have some obstacle or block that appears that seems to have put a stop to our forward momentum, or it makes us have to rethink our plans. Well, then between the full moon and the new moon, we have the crisis of consciousness, which now means we have to shift something in our thinking, we have to shift something in our spiritual energy, or our emotional energy, or in our uh, mental state, mental, physical, emotional, or spiritual energy must shift in order to continue moving forward with the uh, intentions that you set back with the new moon. As well today, we have a sextile to Uranus, which means there's the potential for some surprises or shocks or uh, new directions. We also have a conjunction of the moon to Neptune today. Moon to Neptune means sometimes we're a little bit foggy. And I was explaining that to Asa this morning. I feel a little dopey, a little tired, and uh, a little like hung over without having drank anything. And so it, it's just this weird sort of tired uh, feeling that we get sometimes. And now with the moon in conjunction to Neptune, we also have the potential for creativity and imagination energy to come rushing to the surface, but also that potential for our mind to not be clear, scattered thinking, um, you know, moving from one thing to another without even realizing what the heck we're doing. <laughs> As well, the moon in Pisces, because Mercury is in Gemini in retrograde, is also squaring Mercury. So we have like a double dose of the sun being square to uh, the moon in Pisces, the moon in Pisces being conjunct Neptune, and now so the moon in Pisces squaring Mercury. So we have a lot of reasons why things might not be clear for us today. I'd say today is not a good day to start anything new because there isn't clarity around what to do with this. In the sign of of uh, Pisces, the moon can be imaginative, yes, but it can also be confused. It can be sleepy and things can get chaotic very quickly because we just don't have that clear line of thinking or that clear line of sight even. Things are a bit foggy, but it does on the high side rule more of the joyful states of being. So when we are in bliss or we just have that internal happiness meter going up, universal love is also a part of this energy today. And extraordinary sensitivity. We've already talked about this because of Jupiter being in Pisces. But now the moon moving through is also uh, just kind of triggering things. Yesterday, the moon, uh, oh yeah, the moon in Pisces yesterday conjuncted uh, Jupiter in Pisces. Whoa, well, there's my flood. And anyway, sensitivity, emotional sensitivity, as well as psychic sensitivity, all of the mystical states are ruled by the sign of Neptune, as well as higher power. And you're, you're probably noticing that there are some duplication of energies when we start to talk about higher power, because we also talk about these uh, in uh, Sagittarius, we talk about this in Scorpio in some ways, where there's this energy of surrender and having to trust in a higher power, channeling our spiritual power in a correct direction, but as well as spiritual healing, all a part of this. And that's likely happening in water signs because water signs are so sensitive, sensitive to what's going on in another person's energy field, sensitive to their emotions, sensitive to their psychic selves. 
And as well, there are crossovers when we get to unconditional love energy, where we have forgiveness. We just talked about forgiveness. I think it was last week with the moon in Scorpio. It's a big theme in Scorpio. It's also a big theme in Pisces, but we have also tolerance and acceptance of one another. Tolerance, meaning that we are okay with people having their own ways about them and doing the things that are correct for them. Uh, tolerating uh, each other's different uh, races or creeds or uh, their religious beliefs and uh, their cultures. Acceptance and compassion, a part of this as well. And uh, oneness, unity energy. So we have a lot of that loving, spiritual, sensitive, imaginative energy available today, but it also comes with the potential for some scattered thinking, for some chaos, <laughs> a little bit of turbulence perhaps uh, as well. In the low frequency energy, I think this is where we're getting a lot of bang for our buck because remember we're in that collective shadow period in the Pleiadian and Mayan calendars. In the low frequency energy, Pisces represents the victim nature. So victimhood um, comes in all shapes and sizes. Anytime you're in fear, you're really in victim mode. And victim also goes as far as the martyr. That's more Virgo, but it's a, a, a opposite of Pisces. So we have that victim and martyr savior sort of energy that might be competing within us defeatist attitudes, procrastination, uh, addictions, yay, right? All these things that are in our, our victim field that are also in the shadows that are being triggered as we go through a collective shadow period, our disappointments, right? The things that we are afraid of. And uh, I haven't really had time to look at the news reels, so I have no clue what's going on out there in the world. But I bet if I looked, I would find that there are things that are following that same line, collective shadows coming up to the surface for us to heal, wounds that we've experienced that we keep um, adding uh, more victim energy to that it's time to clear. In the body, um, the sign of Pisces rules, or there's a correlation between colds and the and influenza, the, the viruses, the, the bacteria, the germs uh, have a, a connection because they're small and they're unseen, right? And Pisces has an ability to hide from us the things that aren't visible. So unless you're, you have a microscope handy in your back pocket, uh, you won't know that there is a bacteria, a germ, or some kind of virus that is right there uh, for you to catch. Uh, Pisces also rules the feet. So if you're having feet issues, toes, all of that are all a part of Pisces, the lymphatic system, which is involved with the immune system. And if you're feeling inflamed or you're feeling like you're retaining water, this might mean that you need to drink more water to flush your system because the lymph may be holding on to fluid for some reason. Maybe you're fighting off a germ or a, a virus that you're, you're not aware of, um, but also poisons and toxicity are correlated with Piscean energy as well. So maybe having experiences of a reaction to something that you've eaten or that you've drank or that you, uh, a medicine or a vitamin, something that you've taken or ingested, but also don't discount the uh, environment that you're in and its relative toxic um, load. So if you're someone who lives very close to a lot of farmland where they're using uh, heavy duty pesticides and herbicides, 
and that leaches into the water, then you're drinking the water. So it's a possibility that there are toxins in your environment that you're not even aware of that are affecting your body. But then there are also toxins that we don't see in terms of things like emotions, like what toxic emotions might you be holding on to? Maybe from relations, relationships or for things that have happened in the past. Um, so to emotional toxicity, mental toxicity, physical toxicity, spiritual toxicity, all a part of this experience right now. So I would say when the moon moves through Pisces, it gives us an opportunity to sort of clear out the toxic load from the body. Grab your water, right? Grab your water um, and do what you can to eat, you know, as good as possible, uh, for your particular body to help clear it of any of the toxins and toxicities you might be feeling right now. Okay, then I'm going to go back over here and see who else is here. JLo says, let's blame the Gemini rising that always has me thinking. Oh, up there. Okay. Hmm. Jupiter, Pisces, water, extra, your bathroom where most men do their thinking. Well, at my house, my bathrooms are separated. So I actually have three bathrooms, if you will. I have one over to the left, which is where the shower is, and that's the one that flooded. And then there's the third, the second part, which is where the sinks are and all the, the counters and mirrors and things. And then a third part where the toilet is. So there's these three parts. Well, the two thirds of the bathrooms didn't flood, <laughs> but the shower did. And the gray water actually had come up through the shower's drain, and we're not sure if it spilled out there and then moved through to the to the water heater or what it was. But anyway, it was a mess. It was a mess. Uh, good morning, Christine. And yes, keep thinking. <laughs> keep thinking, JLo. That's a good one. Uh, Pauline says, wonder if Noah's flood occurred during a Jupiter Pisces moon in Pisces could be. Uh, Corey, myself, and my daughters all caught a cold over the weekend. Ah, uh, Christine, our feet too, lol. Kathleen Mallory, love those colors you're wearing. Oh, thank you, sweetie. These were my, uh, I don't know for sure if it's going to be hot or cold today or cooler, so I was planning on being cooler. <laughs> um, Pauline, collective shadow, same as collective unconscious and subconscious, only new collective consciousness. Wow. So, Yes, so we have the collective, we are all linked together. So when we're talking about the collective consciousness, or unconsciousness, we're talking about the ways that we are all linked together. And through the invisible, energetic uh, connections that we have, so we don't necessarily see how we are all linked. But we are all linked energetically. There have been many uh, scientific experiments around these things uh, lately in the last, you know, 10 to 20 years that really show how linked we all are. And they did this using plants and they've done this using twins and they've done this using, you know, people who don't even know one another, but who were experiencing similar things in reaction to uh, a stimulus of some sort. So it is an amazing connection that we all have. And at some periods of time, we are all connected through the unconsciousness. And that seems to be what's happening now. We're, co we're collectively dealing with all of the things that lie in our unconscious mind. So the fears that we have and the, the, the victim energies that we need to clear, that we, even though I can't clear your, collect, your part in this, just by clearing my own field and keeping my own fears in um, you know, a relationship to the collective fears, 
um, I'm participating in the collective, right? So in this, in this way, when I'm dealing with my own stuff, I'm actually helping the collective because that gives access to the collective to be able to deal with whatever is in their unconsciousness, even the things that mirror. So if I'm dealing with a fear of uh, the past repeating itself, let's say, uh, then my clearing that or working to bring peace to that also allows other people who are dealing with that same sort of unconscious fear to work with that, right, to, to heal that. So we are so interconnected uh, that we just don't know it. We can't necessarily see it, but if we clear ourselves, which is really the only place we have the power to do, then we are helping clear the whole of the collective. I hope that makes sense to everybody. Uh, Kathleen, I mean, Pauline says the other thing, oh, only knew the collective consciousness. Whoa. Okay. So we, I think we have that now. Um, JLo, OMG, you just helped me with an epiphany. Ooh, I hope you'll share with us. Jessica Brooks, good morning to you. Um, Corey, yes, came out of nowhere at ASA, our first colds in over a year. Ah, yes. Now that we are, you know, kind of deal, having dealt with the COVID virus, all of the other little sneaky things are coming out of the woodwork now. Uh, so JLo says my grandkids and daughter that is a Scorpio also had a cold OMG again with that I believe I have a pictorial memory right now I just gazed into I am not sure where Ooh. Kathleen Mallory my clearing helps all wow love it love it love it yes indeed so you can see maybe perhaps the importance of doing your own work right? That your work is important in the grand scheme of the healing on the planet. So when you're working on you, even though you can't tell that it's helping the collective, it certainly is helping the collective. So right now we have this collective shadow period that we're in and that shadow period and bringing up the fears that we have or bringing uh, our collective craziness to the surface, if you will. And every part of us that is attached to that, or every part of uh, everything within us that has a resonance to that, or has a fear around those same kinds of things needs to be cleared. That's the only opportunity we have to add to the collective is taking and doing our work. So it's worthwhile. Trust me when I say now, today, we also have another major transit happening with Venus moving out of the sign of Gemini and into the sign of Cancer, another water sign. So we have more sensitivity and more emotional energy added to the mix as Venus, when she's moving through Cancer, becomes very motherly, very nurturing. She's very compassionate hearted uh, in the sign of Cancer. Remember, she rules our finances. She rules our values. She rules our relationships. She rules love, the, the field of love on the planet, how we love one another, how we show up in love uh, to every person on the planet, to ourselves here on the planet. So with Venus in Cancer, it's a time to become more nurturing, um, more aware of that nurturing nature that we have. Now, she'll be in the sign of Cancer until... Uh, let's see, I think it's yep, June 26th when she moves into Leo. So for the next four weeks, really, we have access to uh, questioning more about love and how are we sharing of love? And are we sharing love with ourselves as much as we're sharing love with others? So it's, it's a bigger picture that Venus is bringing us. But there's also that 
side of cancer that's more protective, self-protective, and it's a little bit fearful of others. So it has the hard shell around it, right? That protects it from attack. So we might be looking into our own lives, wondering where is it that we're afraid of an attack? So are we holding back ourselves because of some unnamed fear or uh, a, a feeling that we're going to be attacked for our beliefs, for uh, living our lives to in our truth? So the, the key here for the next few weeks is going to be really looking at the places where you are insecure, where you might feel destabilized in love in some way. Um, are you taking care of your own self, but also taking care of others around you? So Venus and Cancer, while not a, not a terrible placement, can also be a trigger, at least during these, you know, up until June 17th, when the collective shadow period is over, Venus there could trigger our insecurities, our doubts, and our feeling of not being loved, our, our abandonment issues, our guilt, our shame, our blames. So a lot of that kind of stuff can be coming up. And if it does, don't fear it. Don't look away from it. Invite it in so that you can, you know, work with that energy so that you can heal that energy so that you can love that part of yourself that is still feeling some of that shadow or fear energy. So we have that going on. Now, tomorrow I'm doing as well, since I'm not on air tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow we have the sun in a trine to Saturn. I was going to check that because my <laughs> allergies were triggered this morning and my eyes were all blurry. So I'm like, is that Saturn? Oh yeah, that's Saturn. And I'm right. It was Saturn. So the sun in a trine to Saturn tomorrow while Venus is in a trine to Jupiter tomorrow. So a trine, remember a smooth flow of energy. Now that does uh, the way I say that sounds like a very positive thing. And most of the time it is, but sometimes it can be kind of lazy and kind of lackadaisical sort of holding itself back and thinking, why, why push on? Why, why do anything more? It's all going well right now. But in fact, a trine sometimes can also bring the ease and flow of the more negative sides of energies. So tomorrow with the sun in a trine to Saturn, we have a real opportunity to look into our own lives to see where we've gotten off track, where we're, we haven't done our due diligence, perhaps, and to get back on track, right, to reinstate those goals, to do a check-in with oneself about, am I on the right track? Am I going where I wanted to go? Is everything, you know, um, am I actually taking the steps or am I just holding back or not doing anything? So we have that. Venus and Jupiter, when they come together, are, there's two benefic planets. Venus is usually thought of as, the benef as a benefic or generous planet, and Jupiter the same thing, but they can also come together and create pathways for us to overdo things, right, where we can overcommit to our time, we can overstate what it is we think that we can accomplish, we can over, we can say yes to everything, and uh, overcommit our energy into things. And then later, what we find out after that day has passed, we're like, whoa, I can't do all of that. What was I thinking? Or, you know, that headache because you ate too much sugar or drank too much or did something too much or out in the sun too much or anything that we can do that we overindulge in can be brought to the surface with Venus and Jupiter. But on the other hand, they can be so benefic and generous and magnanimous together 
um, giving each other love and praise and support and nurturing. So we have some really good energies with a little bit more serious energies tomorrow. But I think in a way they sort of balance one another out. But just know that there's a relatively good chance tomorrow that you might go overboard in some way, either as a commitment to time or saying that you can do something that you know you can't. Um, but because you want to be um, uh, acknowledged or because you want to be recognized or validated, you may say that, yeah, sure, I can do all that. So be careful with that. Uh, so questions, comments, anything going on in your heads that you want to know about today? Uh, Jessica Brooks. Uh, okay, I think I felt this coming with the full red eclipse moon. Uh, yes. And of course, now we're at the halfway point to the solar eclipse, right? That's on June 10th. And if we have the sun in a square to the moon today, then we're halfway between that full moon and that new moon. So we have that possibly in the mix too. And that's happening at 19 degrees of Gemini, 1947. So look for about 20 degrees of Gemini in your chart. And that is in the, the sun and the moon in a new moon are in a conjunction. So they're going to be together very powerfully with the planet Mercury in one house of your astrology chart. So there may be one particular area of your chart that's really lit up that is really begging for you to contend with and to to work through whatever the shadows are there but also uh beginning something new because the new moon solar eclipse is about the new pathway right if something ended or something uh came to a completion at the full moon lunar eclipse then the solar eclipse shows you what more is possible right the next steps so it's possible that we have some really good stuff coming Taylor Jenkins, good morning to you this morning. Um, Pat, Pauline asks, is fasting advisable during Jupiter in Pisces and moon in Pisces? You know, I couldn't say for sure. So what I would say is don't go overboard with it. Is it something that you really must do? Uh, I'm not a big proponent of fasting unless you have a very specific reason for that. So I would say Maybe you wait until it's there's not that connection with Jupiter. Maybe wait until the next sign. Wait until Aries moon uh, tomorrow. Is it tomorrow? We're going to get into Aries tomorrow morning. And maybe you'll see clearer what that path is. Just because things are so um, not clear right now during this period of time. Uh, okay, so JLo, interesting. My daughter had a dream about the family and she has Venus and Gemini at 27 degrees, which of course yesterday, that's about where that would have been. And Uranus and Pisces in the 12th, she said it felt real. We even had barcodes on our heads. Wow, she's only 16. So maybe there's some, you know, think about this. When we're in a collective shadow period, the collective shadows can be coming up in our dreams, right? And it's funny, your daughter's a Scorpio or has a lot of Scorpio energy. One of the dreams, one of the very mad, crazy dreams I had during the weekend was I was in a room filled with scorpions, little itty bitty ones that are kind of cleary, kind of a beige color. You can hardly see them against the backdrop of the floor. And at once I, I thought there was just one. And then next thing I know, I see the whole floor is covered with little scorpions. Uh, they were not after me. I mean, I wasn't harmed in any way in the dream, but I thought it was weird that there was that. The very next night, I dreamt about a reality within a reality. Like, 
blew me away. So dreams right now, fears that are coming up to the surface um, that we may be in uh, collective connection to, let's say. So, okay. And barcodes on the foreheads. I mean, one of the things that, you know, we've all been, I think, in fear is about losing our sovereignty and losing our individuality. As we come closer and closer to unity, check it in with yourself, right? If we're going to move to unity and we're going to move to uh, oneness, uh, what fear might you have encoded in you or in the collective about losing something in that, right? Um, I once did a talk on the Mayan calendar and I was talking about moving toward unity and oneness. And there was a man there who was a, a Leo <laughs> and he's, his biggest concern about all of that was who, well, who will I be then? Like, I, I like me, I want to stay me. I don't want to be one with everyone else because for some reason we thought of oneness as being, um, like one color or, uh, or uh, not individuated. But oneness isn't about that at all. Oneness is about seeing uh, the beauty of our individuality against the backdrop of everybody else's individuality and realizing that we're all one in our creative energies, in our abilities to, to you know, soar to the stars. Uh, we're not losing anything by becoming one. In fact, if anything, we're bringing all of the potential uh, together inside of each one of us. So individuality, oneness, unity, those may be things that we are holding some um, collective fear around, around losing, right? And the barcode on the forehead, meaning what? You have to get scanned in order to be able to get food or to get money out of the bank or to see if you've had your shots so that you can go on a trip. I mean, that's a lot of fear out there right now. A lot of conspiracies are all wrapped up in fear. A lot of what's happening in the world in general is all wrapped up in fear, right? So a fear of what we're going to lose, a fear of someone taking away our toys, a fear of dying from uh, a virus or dying from the, the shot from the vi to a vaccine from the virus to protect us from the virus. Dang it, I can't get those words out. So lots of fears for us to contend with. And some of us are more sensitive to that and bring it to the surface more easily. Uh, okay, so Asa, um, oh, she's talking to the Pauline there. Okay, JLo, um, Taylor, we're coming to get you, Janet. Who's coming to get me? <laughs> You're coming to get me. Uh, Taylor says, just kidding, we love you. Love decoding dreams. I do love decoding dreams, but you also have to remember that they're very... Um, individual as well. So the symbol of a scorpion to me might mean one thing, but to someone else means something completely different. So we have to remember that, that there's no one size fits all when it comes to decoding dreams, because we all have different symbolic connections that we make. And um, that makes it, you know, a very individual process. So Kathleen, my partner, Ascendant 27 degrees, Gemini first house, Okay, my ascendant 27 Gemini, first house, would always be in the first house. Okay, my Gemini in the seventh house, no planets. So a cross, um, there's a reason why you're in relationship. It would pull you together. And Taylor empowering E slash O. I'm not sure what that means. Ego, is that what you're, I don't know. Jessica, very good explanation. Christine, very good. Okay, so 
JLo, she said, once it dissolved, we would lose our mind and it was her job to kill us. Wow, wow. Well, have you guys ever heard of the book called The Disappearance of the Universe? Uh, it is written by a gentleman named Gary Renard. And while he himself is a larger than life character, sometimes very much in his ego, the book itself was fantabulous. So the disappearance of the universe. And um, it, it's about beings that visit him, that talk to him about the universe and the disappearance of the universe and what that means for humankind. So it's a very good book. Um, okay, so then there's also the losing our mind piece. Next week, Pluto again returns to the gate 61 in our human design. And that, remember, was all of 2020 and actually a good chunk of the end of 2019 that Pluto sat at that gate whose shadow is psychosis. And it was all the madness that was coming to the surface, all the shadow of our collective you know, madness coming up and being displayed in the faces of our leaders, in uh, the faces of opposition leaders, in our uh, all of our shadows from our racist tendencies, still things that we haven't dealt with in our consciousness coming up, uh, the blame shame game, the power plays, all of these things coming up. Well, next week, Pluto moves back into that gate, right? Thank you very much during a shadow period. So we get another look at some of these shadow energies and what are we going to do about them, right? Are we just going to keep letting them sit there and fester in behind the scenes where they come out in uh, very um, violent ways, or are we actually going to collectively look at that? And we can only do that by doing this individually and stop that craziness, right? That's the potential of the shadow energy. In the highest energy, it's bringing wonder and awe and magic into this, this world of different colors and different tastes and different cultures and uh, different viewpoints. So that's the high side of, of, of Pluto's move back to that gate 61. But the low side is that we see a reemergence of some of those shadow energies during the collective shadow cycle that we need to work through. So be watching and see what starts coming up in your dreams, but in your world, comments that you hear, things that bug the heck out of you, that kind of thing, because that's going to tell you where you have some of that. Um, Taylor said Uranus also represents the collective. Yes. So Uranus also represents the part of the collective that's moving forward while Saturn is holding the part of the collective in this case that needs to take the best from the past, but sometimes wants to walk us backward in time, taking away a woman's rights to choose, taking away the rights that we have, you know, fought for over the last two centuries to keep, at least in this country. So we have a lot of fear energy out there that is also pushing us to a future where we embrace um, humanity in a new way. So Jessica says, I just joined a dream decoding group and here we are discussing it. Ah, validation, validation, validation. I love that. Um, okay. So each other, ah, thank you, Taylor. <laughs> um, so people, you know, some of you are so good at using those, um, you know, acronyms and I look at them and I'm like, huh? 
EO? Was that like ego? Like you hit the slash instead of the G? I, I don't know. My mind goes somewhere else. Maybe I'm too old for those. <laughs> uh, JLo says her eighth house is Scorpio and Fallus is there. So maybe something for her to look into. She likes mythology. And, you know, Fallus was also involved with Chiron. And uh, I believe he was actually Chiron's teacher in some ways, teaching him wisdom arts and healing arts. So there's that too. Uh, Jessica says, just a reminder, I'm a Scorpio here also. Ooh, interesting. JLo, she is a 6'2 emotional generator, triple split, a person who needs people. And okay, Asa, there's a lot of Scorpio energy here. Indeed, lots of Scorpio energy everywhere, it seems like. And even in my dreams where I don't really have a lot of Scorpio energy in my chart, but I have a lot of Scorpios in my family. That's for sure. Christine, a dystopian handmaid's tale is my fear for the USA. Oh my gosh. I've just finished watching that and, or I've caught up to the current uh, season and yeah, that I see as a potential here as well. And uh, sad, 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 but we also have the ability to not see that as a dystopian reality and instead focus on what it is we want for the USA, but for ourselves, for our, our culture, and not what we don't want for uh, that. So yes, The Handmaid's Tale, scariest, you know what. And yes, tomorrow is Tom's birthday. So happy birthday to you, Tom. We won't get to see you tomorrow since I'm not on air. So very happy to have you here with us today. So we can wish you a very blessed year ahead. And Taylor says, yes, very scary. It's such a good show. And very intense, very intense indeed. Yes. Scary. I don't know. I don't know what was going on in that woman's mind when she wrote this, but it's amazing. Uh, Asa, happy solar return to sun god Tom Wright. And JLo says, ha, I feel you there, Janet. I have three daughters, Scorpio, and a grandson. My dad was a Scorpio also, even my ex. Ay, ay, ay. Um, anyway, amazing stuff, right? Okay, let's see. Uh, let's... I don't have my watch on. So let's take a look at June, shall we? A quick peek there before um, we run out of time. There are some major things happening, as I said, for June. First one coming up on my radar was today, Venus moving into Cancer. But next Thursday, we have uh, the new moon solar eclipse at about 20 degrees of Gemini. And that means that we are actually in beginning now that I'm opening up a can of worms here, so just bear with me, we're entering into the third deaconate of Gemini, which has an Aquarian flavor. So that new moon solar eclipse on that very dividing line of uh, the 20th degree should be, you know, enlightening us as to what new directions we can be moving in. And it might be in a way that we'd never thought possible. Right. There may be things that are coming up that we would not have, generally speaking, thought were possible for us. So be open. Right. I, that's the big key for this particular new moon solar eclipse is just to be open and be open minded, open hearted, open emotional center. I mean, not open, not emotional center, but open emotionally to whatever it is that's coming up. Then on June 11th, the very next day, Mars moves into Leo. And that's huge because Mars in Leo 
is very self-expressive and really can get the ball moving in a new direction. And it is Mars and then later Venus that are involved in a very major T-square at the end of this month pointed at the planet Uranus, who's in Taurus that is priming us for some kind of economic issue um, or economic change or, or a financial outlook that is maybe changing on some level, but from the stock markets to the banking to uh, how we earn money, uh, how, what we do with our resources kind of thing. So something big potentially in the offing for us all as that happens. And we'll talk more about that because literally that doesn't happen until the end of the month, but you'll start to see it coalescing as Mars moves into Leo. And on that same day, Saturn moves backward into the gate 13, the gate of listening, uh, listening to the story. What are you telling yourself? What are you telling each other? What are you telling about what your experiences are? And are you really listening to what people are talking to you about? Or are you just superficially hearing what they're saying? Pluto also moves backward into the gate 61 that day. And um, then next after that, Uranus on the 18th of June moves into the gate two. Now, this is a new gate for Uranus. He has not been in this gate yet, and at least not in 84 some years, right? So we wouldn't have experienced it uh, in our lifetimes. And in the gate two, the gate of allowing, the gate of gratitude, the gate of sharing of our um, resources uh, a gate of direction. It sits on our uh, identity center. And we're going to talk more about that because it's not happening yet, but we're just looking ahead now and what that might mean for us as we go on. And then of course, on the summer solstice, June 20th, we also have Jupiter turning retrograde. So the big planet of um, growth and expansion and evolution turns retrograde, moving all of those changes and all of that evolutionary consciousness energy inward in the sign of Pisces and begins the, the, the track backwards through Pisces. So remember, we're, we're watching our own lives to see what's coming up for us during this Jupiter transit in Pisces, which lasts until July 28th, but we'll come to the halfway point when Jupiter turns retrograde and moves backwards. And then of course the summer solstice that same day. So it sets the tone for the rest of the summer in some ways. And then two days later, Mercury turns direct and then we'll enter the shadow period, the retro shade, as uh, one of our listeners, Suzanne Fulmer used to say, we're in the retro shade. Then Neptune turns retrograde. Now, Neptune retrograde, I think is, I, I kind of like it when it's retrograde because I feel like we're more, um, we're more intuitive. We're more able to hear from the higher planes what our direction is. And so all of the outer planets with the exception of Uranus will be in retrograde as of the end of June. So we'll have Saturn, Pluto, Uranus, Jupiter, um, no, not Uranus, Saturn, Jupiter, Neptune, and Pluto 
all in retrograde up until we get to about September, October. So we'll have a, a period of time where we're doing a lot of soul searching or a lot of inner work, a lot of integration of all the things that we've you know, had experienced during the first half of the year where those planets were in direct motion. And lastly, on June 26th, um, Venus moves into Leo and we get the setup for the uh, square, the T-square that involves Saturn, Uranus, and Venus and Mars. So it'll be a very energetic, highly creative time, but also, you know, anticipating the fact that Uranus is involved in a very highly energized aspect like that, that likely we might have some upsets or some, you know, things turned upside down on us. So there we have it. That's our, our June in a nutshell. Of course, that's not taking into consideration the daily movement of other planets, including the moon and their connections. But these are sort of the big news things for the month to watch out for. And that, let's see, going back to, here we go. There we go. Uh, okay. Now, everybody's telling Tom happy birthday. He says thank you to everyone. Also, thank you, Christine. Uh, for, or no, that's something different, but thank you for the reminder because you made me remember to ha have you hit the thumbs up button. If you like the video, please share it with your friends, your social medias. And as well, um, if you have yet, not yet subscribed to the channel, please do that. Uh, and I also wanted to remind you guys that last, and I, I will have to get the link and share it with everybody, but last Friday night, I was on a podcast, a live broadcast uh, podcast uh, with um, Angie Witzel. A lot of you might remember her because she came on air with me and we talked about star seeds and we talked about um, the different uh, systems out there, star seed systems that we might all be from and or have had lifetimes in. And her two compatriots, Crystal Manila and Brandy, and we had the best talk, right? We talked all about different experiences we've had. Uh, we talked about human design. We talked about gene keys. We talked about astrology. We talked about the Pleiadian Earth astrology. It was just really great uh, chatting with them. So I'm going to post that link in case you all did not get to hear it live, but it was very exciting and I loved being with them. Um, so JLo says, OMG, I just got a book about how the dec dec decadent, I'm not sure if you're talking about the descendant or the deaconates. The deaconates are when you take a sign and you split it into thirds. So we have 30 degrees of a sign. The first 10 degrees are the most like the sign. So Tom, having a birthday on June 3rd puts you in the first third I believe maybe maybe you're at the second third. Hold, hold, please. Anyway, the first 10 degrees of, oh, I don't even need that book. I can look here and tell you where it's going to be. Okay, so Tom's in the second deaconate. So the first deaconate is most like the sign. So if the first 10 degrees of Gemini, it's the most like Gemini. Then the second deaconate would be most like the next sign over, which is the next like element. So air sign Libra would be those second uh, degrees, 10 degrees. So from 11 degrees to 20 degrees. And then from 21 degrees through 30 degrees, we have the third deaconate, which would be very Aquarian. So we have um, the three air signs represented within that sign. So 
for Tom being born on June 3rd, which is at about 13 degrees of uh, the sign of Gemini. He then, actually it's 12, I would bet your birthday's today, Tom. I would bet you that your actual solar return is today and that tomorrow's your calendar birthday because that's how it's been going throughout the month. And um, that would mean that there's a distinctly Libran flare to your Gemini self and Libra represents relationships and learning all about relationships and learning about values, Venus rules here. So learning about love and what love really is and all of those kinds of things that you would learn there. And then my birthday in the third deaconate is much more Aquarian energy, Aquarius Gemini. So no wonder I'm an astrologer, right? That would make sense that I would be interested in the divination tools and the divination arts in being able to look down at the future, to be innovative, to see things upside down, completely different from uh, other, um, the other parts of Gemini, let's just say. And let's see, so Taylor, Jupiter in Pisces, I'm thinking I'm missing something there, Taylor. Um, okay, Jupiter in Pisces, Taylor says, I like Neptune retrograde too. Uh, Asa, a brief moment of feeling for your Jupiter return. Ah, Taylor, I know Jupiter is giving me a sneak peek. I love it. Uh, Christine says, that sounds awesome. Would this starseed talk be on your YouTube channel? Indeed, it probably is. And so that might be something worthy of Asa or I to go looking for today is that interview with Asa. No, Angie, <laughs> Angie, Angie, Witzel. Uh, JLo says, how, how ironic your bathroom was three, only one third was affected. My mind works very oddly, <laughs> but I love your mind. Uh, okay. Taylor says, aren't they split up by planets too? So you could look at it that way. So for example, the Gemini third of Gemini uh, would be ruled by Mercury. So we have a Mercury, Mercury connection. The second part is ruled by Venus. So we would have a Mercury Venus connection. And then in my part, we would have a Mercury and Uranus Saturn connection because Uranus and Saturn both co-rule the sign of Aquarius. So yeah, you're absolutely right. So, and that's, you know, that is when we, we are looking to the depths, right? So in a, in a normal reading, I don't think we would go into that. But what we might do is, you know, talk a little bit about say in a Tom's chart about the, the emphasis that relationships might have in his life, whether for the good or for the not so good. It's all about learning about relationships when you have a Libra Gemini. So mind and heart, right? Mind and heart. Uh, Asa, Tom, nope, it was the turd of June. I know I was there. Well, Yes, you were there, but the 3rd of June would be your calendar birthday. The sun doesn't keep track with our calendar. The sun follows a repeat pattern. Every year, it comes back to the same degree of the sign it was in when you were born. But because we add days to the calendar, right? We had a leap year last year, so there's an extra day, but the, the degrees to the days don't match up. So your birthday is likely today. Uh, even though your calendar birthday is manana. I hope that makes sense. Um, okay, so 
All right, I think we're good here as far as comments go. Um, lastly, today in the Pleiadian Earth calendar is eight moving eight, my favorite, right? My Just my favorite number or symbol as upright, it represents and reminds us that we are connected with heaven in our physical body. So spirit and, and the physical intermingled right here in the connection, the, the, the interface between heaven and earth, which is us humans, right? Humans or life on this planet, because I also believe the animals and all the plants and the trees are sentient in some way and have uh, that same connection with uh, spirit or divineness embodied in uh, the physical. And then of course, eight on its side being the symbol for infinity and being a symbol that links us heart to heart with one another, right? The heart connection. So when we have the eight energy, we have connection energy. So today's a day of connection. It's a day of abundance. There's also abundance related in this eight. And then moving energy is well, literally change, right? Moving forward momentum in the Mayan calendar moving, I believe was Chichan, which is the, uh, the serpent or the snake. And it represents moving forward through shedding the skin, shedding the old, releasing the old to move on to the um, evolved self or into the next level of consciousness. So today represents our shedding of the old, our connection with one another and our moving, our ability to move forward. There we go. So Tom's singing happy birthday to him. Everybody's singing that with you. And uh, Christine says the magician card in the tarot. Uh, yeah, exactly. And um, that heart to heart energy to me is just so wonderful, just wonderful energy. And that is today kind of the saving grace i think if you just remember those heart connections even if things are going sideways or upside down or inside out um that it's all with a purpose and it's all to the furthering of our connections both heart to heart and spirit to matter or spirit to the physical so there's that now quickly because it's tom's birthday and because I can, let's take a look, Tom, because I'm dying to know now if today is actually your birthday. So if you don't mind, and I know you don't, I'm going to bring up your solar return birthday chart in these last few minutes that we have. And then I'll share my screen so you can actually take a look at it. And Tom, there we go. If you have a problem with this, Tom, please let me know before I show your chart. Uh, also, something fun yesterday I discovered that um, we now have a tool that is in human design going to help us see the um, solar arcs and progressions. So both in astrology, which is a tool we use predictively in astrology, but also with um, uh, human design now. So your actual birthday is tomorrow. It is June 3rd at 447 and 40 seconds in the morning. Uh, and so you have a calendar birthday and a solar return all in the same day. So your actual sun is at uh, 13 degrees, even exact tomorrow. So there we go. And let's just take a quick look. Oh, hey, I'm not sharing my screen. Let me share the screen so y'all can see what it looks like. 
In a solar return chart, what we're looking at is in the inner wheel, this is the birth chart, the natal chart. And on the outer part of the wheel, you see all the same symbols again, but now they're located in different places. And what we're looking at is what's driving the energy for the year uh, in terms of the houses the planets are in, especially say the sun and the moon, and how that compares to the planets by birth and what's being triggered for the next level of development uh, in, in this instant, Tom's life. So Tom, for example, the, the sun and the midheaven for you by birth are in Gemini, but on your birthday, the sun and the north node very close to a conjunction, as you know, because we're getting close to the eclipse and Mercury are all in Gemini, but in your house of money this year, money and finances, banking, all of that type of thing, but also your values and coming to really understand how you live out your values and uh, as well relationships that are supportive of your values and your finances. So that's a big theme for you this year is that second house of money, resources, and self-worth, right, behind the scenes. The moon on your birthday is going to be at 25 degrees of Pisces, and it's going to be in a conjunction with Pallas Athena as well as Neptune, very close, those three. In fact, Pallas and Neptune in an exact conjunction. And Pallas is a representation of wisdom and how we apply that wisdom uh, in balance and harmony in the world, but also sort of the spiritual warrior energy. So a spiritual warrior toward maybe, oh, Jupiter as well, I forgot, is also in Pisces, but at the other end all embracing the 11th house of wishes and hopes and dreams, but also friendships and the people that you network with. And in some way that becoming a healing process for your seventh house relationships, partnerships, both business and personal, where you have Chiron by birth, uh, where there have been wounds in the relationship. So um, Pallas Athena in this case is also in a return state so to me, that is leveling up to the next level of wisdom that you want to take with you, a more mature, if you will, aspect of your um, moon energy, emotional energy, and linking emotional energy to wisdom. So there you have just a quick overview of a solar return chart. Uh, is there anything else that jumps out at me that I want to share? Um, so... The midheaven for you this year is going to be um, conjunct Saturn, exactly 29 degrees, 29 degrees. That's interesting. So uh, this might be a year to really claim your authority to gain recognition, um, but it can also be to lose your reputation. So you want to be careful that you're walking a line of integrity. So this year, integrity is going to be important for you in the way that you show up in the world. And when you do things in integrity, when you stay true to yourself, but you're also staying within uh, transparency and ethics, then reward and recognition comes your way, especially with Pluto hanging there too. This could be a very big year for you, Tom, in terms of, you know, claiming your super soul yourself, right? Who you are. 
All right, so uh, I've got a busy day, guys, so I can't stay here much more, uh, but I've had a wonderful time being with you all this morning. If you have questions, please bring those to me on Friday, or you can list them uh, in the chat, and uh, we'll find them again. I will post up the video from Friday, and as well, see if we can't find the video from the previous interviews we did with Angie on Starseeds. All right, guys, but that might not be until later on today, so all right. Take care, everybody. Have